Welcome to Staying in Trouble, getting ready for another podcast. But like always, this podcast is brought to us by Rooftop Realty. It's a crazy market out there right now. A lot of people aren't working. A lot of people don't know what the future is going to bring. This virus is COVID-19 has a lot of things shaken up. So you probably have a lot of questions. If you were in the middle of selling your home or you're thinking about selling a home or buying a home or renting a new home, any kind of questions you have, give Rooftop Realty a call or go visit VegasRooftop.com and they will help you out with any questions that you may have. Give them a call. They got the answers, especially in this critical time. You may be just getting that stimulus check and want to invest that money back into a home. They'll help you out with that, help you out with financing or whatever else you may need. So give Rooftop Realty a call, and we appreciate them for sponsoring this podcast. If you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard me say to go visit bluecoolers.com and check out their awesome coolers or their awesome tumblers. But there's something else that they have at bluecoolers.com that can help you in these crazy times. They have a 72-hour kits. They have these kits, these little packages, these uh, grab-and-go type kits that if you need to leave the house and sometimes an emergency comes and you got to get out, you grab one of these and you have everything you need to survive for at least 72 hours. And if you think about it, for three days, that's, that's not too bad. In three days, you could probably figure out your next move, see what you need to do, maybe even go to YouTube and figure out how to survive for the next three days. But this quick kit, grab and go. Put it right there in the garage, throw it in any vehicle, and hit the road. And sometimes that can save lives. So go check out bluecoolers.com. If you don't need those kits, check out their coolers, their tumblers. And not only that, read their story. Man, they got a fantastic business story about how they started their business up in Utah, how it's family-oriented and family-ran. So go check them out. And if you're going to spend money on a nice cooler, a tumbler, or one of those neat 72-hour kits, why don't you spend it on an American-made product ran in, in America? So go visit bluecoolers.com and check them out. You can also visit, hit them up on Instagram at bluecoolers and uh, check out all their fun videos and their products there. So check out bluecoolers.com and we appreciate them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Staying in Trouble. We are, uh, I don't know about you, Eric, but I'm super excited about this episode. Unbeknownst to our guest today, this was one of the episodes that we always envisioned from day one. Yes. When we, uh, I, I actually, Ryan, I actually talked Aaron or Eric into coming running with me one morning. I was training for the Vegas Marathon, so I'm just trying to get him out. And that's when we dropped the idea of this podcast. Yeah. And it was, it was you and having your son on here and talking about fatherhood, baseball, the whole nine yards. So today we have uh, we have Ryan Nelson on here. Ryan, uh, local father, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Well, I'm a native Las Vegan, grew up here, um, not born, but raised. Uh, born in Cedar City, raised in East Las Vegas, went to basic high school, UNLV, uh, married my, I don't know if you call her my college sweetheart, I guess. Nice. And been here ever since. So that's my story. Three kids. Uh, lost a daughter to cancer at nine. And then have the older boy. And then we have Connor, who we adopted when he was first born in 2007. So. And we have Ryan and Connor here in the studio. Uh, Ryan playing, uh, got drafted, uh, was it last year? Yeah. To the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's in the top 30 prospect, number 21, and uh, doing all right, right? Yeah, doing good. Yeah. S- still practicing during all this COVID stuff? Doing what I can. It's kind of funny. It's like Oops, a bunch of the old high school guys just figuring out where we can go, driving field to field, trying to <laughs> figure out which That's field awesome. we can stay on, which one's not locked up. Getting chased by the cops. Yeah. If really? We, if, if we Yesterday. can jump the fence that high. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, just yeah. Kind of like monitored. Well, there's a few cats over at River Mountain Park. I keep every time I drive. Matter of fact, on the way here, there was a few guys swinging and hitting and just yeah. playing around. There was a football game going on at the at the bowl park when I drove by. Oh, really? It, it's 70 degrees outside. Yeah. It's hard to keep people in. Yeah. Yeah. We got run off yesterday. Yesterday morning. Really? What? Yeah. We had what nine or ten? Ten. Exactly. <laughs> Probably too much. And then cop came by right right when they were finishing up and good timing yeah told us we couldn't be on the field the field was closed really yeah which i thought it was an open park six feet away six feet away this stuff is getting crazy it's nuts so packed it up went home right on and we have ryan's little brother connor what's up connor what's up so what grade are you in connor six and you're playing ball too huh yeah man i heard a sad story you guys were supposed to go to Cooperstown and everything. Yeah, that sucks. It got canceled. Yeah. This thing's messing everything up. Yeah. Glad We're glad you're here. Thanks. And we have, so, family friend. Um, me and Rye went to high school together, played ball when we were young. Yeah, so basic high graduate. Right. You were on the same team that you guys won the state championship. Correct. Now a junior at UNLV. Yes. First baseman, mm-hmm. Jack Wold. Jack Thomas Wold. Jack oh. Thomas, yeah. I'll, I'll remember that. Jack Thomas, yeah, right on, man. So there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here that we can unfold today, dude. You know, tons. Jack. I mean, right now, college sports, hot topic. Mm-hmm. You know, without uh, without revenue flowing in, are are there going to be college sports? You know, Ryan. You know, first and foremost, you know, we got these young men in here, and you know, part of if anyone has ever had any involvement in little league or aau or baseball on any level you know that you know the a parent's commitment is is high and so what like that let's just start with that let's start with a little fatherhood first oh yeah let's start that that, that was like our 10 minute introduction of everyone yeah now let's get into the to the fun stories yeah i mean where so where, where did your passion for baseball start mine came from being a kid playing myself um going as far as I could in high school, had a full ride to BYU back in the day when you had full rides. And in the summer, tore my elbow up and I was done. But I always loved coaching. Um, even when we didn't have kids, I was coaching. 
I coached my younger brothers, both of them, I think, and then got married, had kids, had our daughter first, didn't know a darn thing about girls softball, so sat back and watched. He came along, and I think he was five or six, started in Henderson Little League playing t-ball, went all the way through, um, started a club team when he was nine, I think, and it just kind of took off from there. You know, just big commitment, uh, coached that, coached basketball, coached football, and just loved doing it. No yeah. trouble ever getting them out on the field? No, not at all. Not, not at, at all? all? No. No. I mean, they're they're different, him and him and Connor. Connor's like, eh. But once he's there, <laughs> he's into it. But no, I mean, Ryan would just wear me out. He'd, I'd come home from work 4 or 5 o'clock, and it's like, let's go throw, let's go hit. I'm dog tired, arms hanging hurting but we still went still kept going find a place to go find somewhere to work somewhere to hit and work on pitching and i guess the rest is history for him yeah exactly a lot lot of time i mean not like it wasn't fun for me i mean i I couldn't sit and watch but being on the field coaching it was it was a blast so and i mean you still coach today right you're you're coaching connor's uh yep uh club team and what's the name of the club team they're the Spartans, the Nevada. It's the Spartans Nevada Baseball Club. Nice. And they're really good. It's a good team. They won quite a few tournaments, took second in quite a few tournaments. And like you said, we were prepped to go to Cooperstown this summer. And I know. That breaks that the, the heart. That was the only thing I was worried about with this whole shutdown was Cooperstown. I mean, I didn't care one bit. If <laughs> Little League was canceled, I didn't care. We were going to Cooperstown. Yeah, for sure. But now that's out. So we're looking for somewhere else to go. Because you know, we've got the money that's already been paid, so we're looking for maybe a West Coast tournament once things start opening up, and we'll figure something out. I think things will get back to normal. I think it's going to be kind of weird. I do too. I hope well, it's sooner than later, though. What about you, Ryan? Have you heard anything about any of your leagues? Like right now, you're playing at correct me if I'm wrong, Hillsboro, Hillsboro Hops, right? Yeah, that's where I was at last year. Okay, on the short short season, low A. Okay, so now you'll go into the full season, maybe, right? That's How the, does that work? Yeah, that was the plan. The plan was to go to full season low A to start the year off. Right on. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen now. There's a bunch of different plans out there. They're thinking about doing all Arizona League. Like, everybody just goes there. I, I think it's still there's still a lot of questions that people have to answer on when we'll start and stuff like that. It's all just speculation right now. You working with any coaches now? Um, I mean, they'll reach out to us every once in a while. The trainer keeps up with us, but for right now, I'm just kind of doing my own thing, feeling out the body, figuring out what feels right, and just trying to stay in good shape for when they do tell us to come back and get going. Right on. Yeah, Har- Harper's posting a lot on Instagram. He's in his garage and in <laughs> yeah. the street, running all over the place. I don't know what street he's on, but he's somewhere here in town. Yeah, people are getting creative for sure. Yeah. They don't quite have the Harper workout gym in their garage, but they got a little one in the backyard yeah. going on. We got the, mi- the minor league version of that. <laughs> minor league. Right on, yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Jack? What are you guys doing on the, on the collegiate level? Uh, we're, like, completely canceled. Um, guys went home. I got friends all from all over the country that we played with, so like they're all packed up their apartments, canceled their leases, they're gone. Like, oh, man. so we're we're definitely not going to be starting up this year because guys have called it in already. 
And then what about scholarships? Have they talked to you about scholarships next year? Because, I mean, that's the big, like, in theory, that's how you get, quote, unquote, paid. And if there's no sports, there's no money, there's no money, uh, you know, how are we going to work that out? And, I mean, that's a hot topic. I I don't want to go too deep in it because I think we could probably spend 45 minutes. You know, I think, you know, almost everyone in here, even Connor probably has an opinion on collegiate sports. So, like, just give us your your cursory, like, what, like, what do you, I mean, cause this got you in a pickle. Yeah. Um, good analysis. There you <laughs> go, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm i I'm pretty, uh, I was worried about it. Cause like, I just, it's like the first time I've ever not really had a plan of like, what's going to happen, what I'm going to do. Right. So like just been running scenarios through my head, you know, if they did or didn't give back eligibility, um, what size the draft going to be, you know, how big is the team going to be next year? Am I going to have my same scholarship? Everybody, like, stuff like that. Yeah, like, you kind of run all of it through your head, and you just kind of, like, at one point you just step back, and it's kind of like, I can't control anything. I just kind of got to, like, stay with the updates, honestly. And then it's so – Does it mess with your draft at all? Yeah, with your draft. Uh, I mean, not really, but kind of, because – so I could still come back next year as a junior – and have a leverage year for the draft, but give us some give give us some of your stats so some of our listeners can understand like like what some of those stats mean. Like give us a little stat line. Like what was your best stat line last year? Um, this season I was not off to the best start. I had <laughs> sixty at bats. Okay, um, played I think sixteen games, and then I was hitting like two eighty with one home run, and I I want to say like eight seven or eight doubles, and then. But last year, I mean, this is the second year. Like, I'm really glad I get to come back next year because this year I missed half the season. I missed half the season last year, too, with a broken hand. So I kind of haven't really gotten a full season since my freshman year. Okay. But um, Well, Jack Thomas is being a little humble. He, he was a two-time, like, player of the week in the Mountain West. And it says here that you, you ended up with the 331, 55 hits, 15 which went into extra bases. I don't think that's bad. Oh, that was last season. That was 2019. Yeah, I was talking 2020. Oh, oh well, this is this is what I'm going. 2020, off of. we barely even have 2020. 2020 is not going to count. Even 20, 2020 doesn't I think even you count. That's IT like T department. Yeah, 2020 you know, was like scrimmages. This is what we did on the scrimmage line. Yeah, right. So throw up the inter squad numbers. Yeah. What are you studying at UNLV? I'm an economics major. Oh, I love it. Love economics. Are you into economics, or is that just a side passion? <laughs> kind of. Not really. I just wanted to, I wanted to start taking some of the like like this semester. I had like a money and banking class, and like they started talking to you about like financing like long term investments and stuff like that. And it's like pretty interesting to know about like if you ever randomly stumble upon like a large amount of money. Like I want to know about it. Yeah. Like I want to know how to deal with it. Yeah. That's kind of why I started learning about it. That's great, dude. That sounds like the show off HBO. Players, right? Or I've never seen it. You never? Yeah, I've never seen it. No. no, he's the next football player. Gets into finances. Was it players? Is it players? I know you're talking about ballers. 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 That's, that's, it. Ballers. Yeah. that's, it. that's a good show. Yeah, that was a great show. <laughs> that's what I thought about when you were saying that. He's he's all, sports his whole life, and then yeah. he gets into finances and investments and money and yeah and all that stuff. So you have to check it out. I'm just, there's a lot of cheap TV right now. Yeah, you can find <laughs> anything out there right now. So, uh, you know what I want to know is, I, take me back to Little League. You, did you guys both play on the same Little League team? 
No. No, no. he lived in Boulder City, so. Right. I mean, we'd play against each other every once in a while, probably. But He's a little bit older than I am, too, so we probably wouldn't have crossed paths, like, too many times. Also, okay. Jack Thomas has got a weak mullet right now. It's pretty embarrassing, so. Wow. Oh, I lost it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sweet in some of these pictures from last year. I appreciate that. <laughs> Put my hair up against that hair any day. <laughs> So, so back in Little League, for both of you, playing in Boulder City Little League and Henderson Little League. It's like Major League, Minor League, isn't it? Well, you know, I mean. <laughs> Especially come All-Star. Okay, the, listen, the, the, what I'm Major trying to get at is there's a lot of stipulation about club ball and Little League. I know you've done both. How was your Little League experience? Do you recommend a young kid coming up wanting to play baseball to go through the Little League and then getting into club ball? Yeah. What do you recommend? I mean, a lot of stuff has changed since I was doing it. I think I think there's a lot of really good paths other than Little League now. Like, it used to be, like, you'd go somewhere else and it's just a money pit. And, like, mm -hmm. there's still definitely those money pits out there where you're just feeding somebody money to do the same thing a Little League team could have done. But there's a lot of good academies out there now, and, like, they, they're taking these kids from a young age and teaching them advanced baseball stuff. So, I mean... I think there's definitely room for both, but I think Little League's kind of shrinking and kind of going away a little bit. Just I feel that, too. Yeah. I, I, I wanted your opinion since you've yeah. been on both. And, Which and, and actually Ryan, a lot are still involved in Little League. It's completely different from when he played. It was yeah. Club ball was Little League friendly. And okay. like, I want to compare, like when he was 12, there was maybe eight 12U teams in the Valley, maybe 10. And we would have to travel to Utah, um, California. We didn't get ever go to Arizona, did we? But we'd have to travel to get really good competition. Like Havasu. Havasu. But there was only three or four good teams. Mm -hmm. And we were one of them. But now, with Connor being in 12U, there's 50 teams. Oh, wow. 50 or six. There's three different divisions of just 12U ball. And 75% of them are not Little League friendly. So that's a that's a common uh, topic that a lot of parents bring to my to, to my table, because so if you're outside of Henderson, mm -hmm. there is no you have you have like a what you call a club team. You have your club teams and then you have like the YMCA like wow. you don't have like the city of Las Vegas does not run. Uh, a comprehensive parks and rec no. city of Henderson does run parks and rec Henderson little league, I think is really like uh level appropriate. Do you feel like, like the current system might be leaving some talent on the table? Like, because if you're not in, if you're not in the club rotation, you're not getting like, in theory, you're not getting prospected. Like there's athletes that are like, you know, like a lot, like our families. In I've always advocated for more baseball in Henderson. Um, a long time ago, I wanted uh, where the current Aviators Park is. Uh, actually, it was about 15 years ago. I was working on a deal to try to get the Aviators Park in Henderson because I feel like Henderson is more of a baseball town through and through, like mm -hmm. from the bottom up. And Las Vegas is just really taking the cream. And so, and I and I grew up as a kid. You know. I'll, I'll be honest to just come clean before you see the pictures. You know, the first year I played Little League, uh, I was wearing these right here. I was the big kid on the field wearing <laughs> jeans. Like we all did. And oh, yeah. um, I grew up playing jeans on there. And uh, 
and so I, I've seen the difference in level of passion, but do you feel like, and so for a lot of families, they're like, hey, I'd like to get my kid into either baseball or bat, like in different sports. And if they're outside of the city of Henderson, it's really hard it's tough. To, to get a, a well-rounded kind of like, you know, perspective of what's out there. Yeah. What it do you is. think? Well, I mean, you can definitely see the changing, the, the times have changed where, like you said, we have Parks and Rec, Little League, and Club Ball. Little League now is about what Parks and Rec was 10 years ago. Yeah. I think Parks and Rec in Henderson, little or the baseball program, I don't want to see it die, but I think that'll die away. But It's pretty close to the bad news bears right is. now. It is. And you've got, I think out in the northwest, big little league, Summerlin, Mountain Ridge. Yeah, my cousin's out there, and yeah, they're huge. they're huge. Huge. huge and not a lot you know, not just men but i mean the softball yeah. is huge my mm-hmm. my cousin's kids are on club teams and yeah. i'm like i mean the dedication and and that's another thing with this whole corona thing is how does that how does club how does club ball survive i mean you're from cedar cedar and saint george have literally built an industry off of yeah, off of uh tournaments because the weather's great the atmosphere is great uh, they really cater to to clubs, especially softball and baseball tournaments. And so it'll be interesting to see how, when we talk about turning economies back on, is how do we how how do we turn on gathering again, you know, and how do we turn on, you know, for those parents and and a lot of the Southern Nevada economy is you know feeds the Southern Utah economy. So, so uh, I got some questions for for Ryan. Um, I watched a couple of your your videos online. I did a little research, you know, wanted to, to get mixtapes. Yeah, you know, um, one I thought it was really neat, and I love this in sports. This is one of my favorite thing when it comes to all kinds of different the stories behind the stories in sports. Watching you pitch on some of your videos, and I I, I went to a couple basic games back, you know, when I sat on the board with your dad. I went to a couple of your games then. And watching you pitch, you you remind me, I think, not being a professional at any any stretch, of Randy Johnson. <laughs> and for and for Randy Johnson to call your name in the draft for the Arizona Diamondbacks. What was that like? Yeah, I mean my dad has actually made that comparison to like the playoff championship or the playoff game against Green Valley, saying that kinda reminded him of Randy Johnson attitude kind of like yeah you win something like that and it's just kind of funny how things come around and he ends up calling my name and then uh it's kind of funny too because his daughter went to oregon with me and kind oh, of really like just things happen and then i end up seeing his daughter like when i go back to oregon after the draft and it's kind of just a surreal experience just everything coming around and like things lining up like that i like those kind of stories yeah uh, I also want uh, Ryan to tell the story about your state championship. Well, we they won it in 2016. That was the first time. No, that was yeah, that was their first championship. We won it in '87, so it was 29 years in between state championships. And you were on that team. I was in on the '87 team, and 29 years difference, and both of us wore number 29. And it was just kind of, like you said, surreal that year. No, no, no. That's called superstitious. Superstitious. <laughs> and that's and called baseball. But it got to the point of being surreal where yeah. everywhere you'd turn, 
there were these 29s just popping up yeah. everywhere. We, Scoreboards with you know, two runs on nine hits. Or we, just we walked off a game in the, the first game in the state playoffs. It was tied 2-2. Two to two. Both teams had nine hits, and I was up to bat. Just Dude. crazy yeah. things like yeah. that. And then we leave, and we go down to Virginia City, and we're looking at a plaque for the, I think it was the railroad or something, and it was the number 29 train. So just like everywhere you turned that year, you were seeing this 29, just numerology or whatever it was. I don't know. I don't believe it in was, any of that stuff, but. It was that the railroad was be, built in 1929. Yeah, but it had a, and the number of it's the train was good we got Connor the historian here today. So. No, I, I like that. Yeah, and that was, that was cool. It was just, and it was a long, and his coach and I played together in high school. Yeah. So just kind of like things just keep coming around and. It was, it was a really cool year. Yeah, that did, those kind of stories just fascinate me. Yeah. I always say, man, if they don't have baseball in heaven, I'm wasting a lot of time in church. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to be pretty upset when I get up there if I do. But anyways, yeah, no, those are fascinating stories. Now, I watched the one video. What went through your mind when that ball came back at you? You know exactly which one I'm talking about. Yeah. That was the second time. I hope that like, doesn't happen all the time. It was the second time that game. That, <laughs> Dude. I, the inning, I only threw three innings that day. First inning, good inning. Second inning, I get drilled in the thigh with a line drive. I think it was like 98 off the bat. Oh, man. 98 <laughs> off the bat to the thigh. End up like it scoots over to the first base, and I try to go make a play on it. Like I'm limping over there because it hurts pretty bad Like right after. You know, people are like, oh, I didn't even feel it. I felt it. Yeah. And I barely made it over to first. Guy ends up being safe. So I finished that inning. Go into the dugout and it just starts tightening up. So I'm like stretching it. And I only have one more inning to throw. So I go out there and two two quick outs. And then I hang this guy a curveball and it just comes right at my face. And I'm like, had so much time to think in the moment. I was like, not again. This is not happening. So I just like tried to get out of the way and it went right in my face. And blood. you caught it right yeah. there. Dude. I, I like how you walked off the mound like just another day at the <laughs> like office. No big yeah, yeah it, it takes some time to process what really happens. So oh, yeah. Couldn't really believe that that actually happened. So so being up there on the mound as a pitcher, you, have you always wanted to be a pitcher? Um, or did I think, you well, just fall Growing up, it? I never pitched. I was always he was just, terrible. Absolutely yeah, I guess terrible. So. I love really? this interview. Let's get to the dirt. We, we couldn't put him on the mound. He'd hit everybody, walk everybody, was, but we didn't have a shortstop either. Yeah. We never had a – we took him off short. He pitched. Nobody could make a play. And he walked everyone, so. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. But he turned yeah. out pretty good. Yeah. I well, mean, yeah. I guess I first found out I wanted to pitch probably like sophomore year of high school. I was like – my arms started kind of come around. Before that, I was just the, the small little kid who couldn't throw hard, wind blowing my fastball around. So then once I started to build up a little velocity, I was like, okay, it's kind of fun. Like, being able to get guys out is fun. So then once I started getting better at it, like, it just totally took everything over. I didn't want to hit anymore. Hitting was not fun at all. Because I just knew what I could do to hitters, and I would always think that those opposing pitcher could do that to me. So I was just always mentally crushed when I walked up to the plate. So <laughs> that's when I found out I wanted to be a pitcher. And... It's just fun being up there striking guys out. Just like whole game, everybody's watching you, and you strike three guys out in an inning. You're the you're the one that got your team back in the dugout. It's just a good feeling being in control. Hope I never lose it. You get nervous up there? 
Mm, I don't know. I, I Are you able to shut everyone out? Yeah, it's. I wouldn't say I get nervous. I think I just like the nerves kind of just lock me in. It's, makes me a little bit more focused. I, I'd say I do get nervous, but I kind of like it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, now down in Hillsboro, do, do you guys pull some pretty big crowds? Yeah, we would. Then, then now, correct me if I'm wrong. Last year, you guys won the championship. Yeah, we did. Okay, so big crowd then. Um, it was, we had terrible weather during the championship series. We would pull like, I, I this might not be right, but I want to say like eight to nine thousand some games. Like I think Fourth of July, we had almost ten thousand. Nice, but nice. Championship series, like we we opened up at home and there was probably like two thousand just because the weather was terrible. But we ended up we walked off a game at home in the first round and we walked off a game with a home run in the championship series. It was a crazy experience. Nice. Yeah. So right, what's what's more I mean cuz I think for a lot of kids you're living the dream, right? And and so let's what's more surreal? Like when you're actually playing games now as a professional or the night that you got drafted. Like what what one do you think is because you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of times kids will get drafted, and they boogie out, right? Either they don't have the work ethic, they don't have, you know, or things go. It, life happens, yeah. And, and so then they're like, "Hey, I got drafted, but never really played." Yeah. And now you're, you are playing, right? And, and so, what, what's more surreal for you to say, "Hey, I actually am living a, I'm actually getting paid to to play a game I love." Or the night that you got drafted when it actually all came to kind of a, a, a little mount, like you can look back and go, well, there's one milestone that a lot of kids are like, honestly, go to bed at night dreaming of. Yeah, I would probably say the night I got drafted was more surreal because I got a call from my agent like five minutes before they picked me. I saw Randy Johnson call my name and then I didn't hear another thing for like <laughs> two days. So I was like did I get drafted? Like, like, was it a dream? It's all kind of just like a big process and it's not the most organized process. So it kind of, sometimes you feel like you might be left in the dark, but I wonder if they do that on purpose. Hey, let's not call the kid. (laughs) Just wait, just let him stew on it for a little while. Let's see if he's really watching TV. I got a call from the scout after it happened and he was like, okay, we'll be in touch. But then I didn't, I didn't end up signing for like another two weeks after that I ended up going back up to school in Oregon and going back out so there was probably like a two week period where it felt really surreal where I was like you're like it's been printed and it's on a TV (laughs) you can't believe everything you see in TV I'm still at college so it was that was like a surreal period and then once I started playing it was just like back to business as usual like we're throwing every day we're just playing baseball again and Ryan what about you as a dad I mean that's a long process. I mean, it, it did was. it fulfill some of your dreams? or? Honestly, my only dream when we started this was, and my expectations were low, was like, I want a junior college scholarship. I want him to go further than I did, than I was able to, and just play for another two years. You didn't want to pay for college. I didn't want to pay for yeah. college. Or, you cheap skate. No, any parent wants that. I yeah. mean, <laughs> still paying for college, but <laughs> I just wanted him to have that chance that I didn't get. And I was going to do whatever. He, it, I would never force him to play. If I'd do whatever he wanted to do to get to that level, whether it was basketball, football, or baseball. And he was pretty good at all three of them. 
he chose baseball. So it's like that night was just a culmination of all his hard work and us getting him there. Yeah. So and it was a crazy night too. We thought he was going in the first round at one point, and then they, they remember that they called mm-hmm. they called the kid's name. He got a call. It was the Cubs. Yeah. It was like the twenty seventh overall pick. Twenty seventh pick. And he didn't say a word. I'm like, crap, he's gonna be a cub. I'd I'd dream I'd love for him to be a cub. But then they called his kid's name Rye. We heard him say that, and we just all lost it. He's a cub. And he's, we finished the, the name Ryan Jensen. So it wasn't him. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so then we, we sit and we wait. First round ends, and they go from live TV to the web broadcast, and we lost the feed right before his draft pick. Oh. Before his pick came up. Yeah, we watched it. We had it on the TV. We were screaming on the TV. So we're all huddled around a little phone. So we we watched it on a phone as he got drafted. But it was was cool. You know, we had the family there. Dude, that's awesome. Hold on. Now, now when did this. I want to get Connor's opinion, too. Oh, yeah. Connor, what do you. I mean, what does it feel like to to be the little brother of a professional baseball player? It's pretty crazy. I mean, he does get me a lot of nice stuff, but... Whoa! Whoa! Hold on, let me go check. I, I don't remember anything walking in with you guys, but go ahead. <laughs> and so, I had my friend Ace over, and after the draft, uh, my friend Cash, our next-door neighbor, was there. They were watching the draft, too. Yeah. And... Right after he got drafted, he came over and asked for his autograph on his Diamondback shirt. Nice. And me and my friend Ace, we went so crazy that we ended up go- going and jumping in a freezing cold pool. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. It's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Now, when's the garage sale of all the Angel stuff? Well, <laughs> to let everyone know, I'll Ryan is a huge be, Angels fan. I'll, I'll forever be an Angels fan. I just can't give it up. Yeah, I mean, they're still the dream. Some maybe they'll get traded. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but I'm coming around to being a Diamondbacks fan too. No, like, that's awesome. There's I, a few of them. I had to up my Directv just to get the Arizona channel. So, so uh, Jack, now we'll pick on you for a little bit. <laughs> Growing up in Boulder City and Boulder City Little League, uh, was there a lot of competition? What was that like? What was that league like? Or was there club ball in Boulder City also? There's there was like one cl- was one club ball team, uh, a guy named Bobby Reese. He was the high school coach at the time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He was the only club ball coach, and he rounded up kind of like, like all the the diamonds in the rough. Like the I remember a couple guys like Preston Van Deest, Nolan Horner, like the coaches uh, DJ Reese, like a bunch of these guys, and we all kind of like were like the big fish in the small pond kind of thing. Uh huh. Playing in Boulder City, and then we kind of just branched out like went to St. George went to Arizona a couple times like started to see how we would compare in like the big pond and that was when we kind of like realized that we weren't like like there there's something there like we could we could make like we're good ball players even though we're from Boulder City like that's just not like we weren't even though we weren't from Henderson like we could keep up so that was nice and that was like the one club ball team and that was it so um, yeah, for that question, I guess that's all I got. Well, and then how did, how did you end up at UNLV as opposed to going out of state? So we, my parents, um, we didn't, we like, like, they like living in Boulder City, but they both live, like, work across town. Yeah. So we ended up moving out to Henderson, and I went to basic, like, for the whole 15 more minutes, I guess, that's closer. 
And um, it, uh, right now, right now, it's even closer. Yeah. It's a, it's like a yeah, it's right. like a six minute drive. Oh yeah, but it was like once I got to basic, like my whole like, honestly like perspective of baseball and what I was gonna do, it completely switched. Like when I started playing with Ryan and them, it was like I was the kid like had the Tuesday Thursday practice for an hour, like every now and then, and I wasn't like great, but. Um, I just kind of like went to practice when the coaches said to. And other than that, I played Guitar Hero and hung out with my parents. Like I didn't really do much. <laughs> but until I got to high school, when I played on that high school team, it was it was different. They laid it down on the table and they said, you have to do this if you want to be successful. And top to bottom, every single person on the team followed it. And we had a lot of success. And so, you know, being you know, now that you have a friend – uh, or at least, you know, acquaintance. I mean, you guys are sitting pretty close. <laughs> That's a professional. Like, what is that? What does that taught you? Like, what are some lessons you're like? Because I, I think once too, I think a lot of times, like when kids are starting out, like when I was coaching, you know, little league or when I coach, I coach a lot too. And, you know, like I can tell the kids, you know, at Connor's age, you know who has the passion for the sports, right? And they're they're generally good at all the sports, actually. And you're like, I just don't know what they want to do. Whereas I got into sports because to see what sport my my oldest would really enjoy, which he will really enjoy being a slumlord. He will really enjoy, <laughs> like, he's already into finances and he's – in middle school so he's in the, into the sport of entrepreneurship and so um you know what is it like for you like i know there's if you took just by a survey there's probably less than probably six percent of the total population that know someone per personally that is a professional athlete like what does that do for you it's it's fine. It's funny you say that. I've never I've never heard those numbers before, and it kind of shocks me because like, like our basically like our whole world like is is like this baseball community, and at this point like where I'm in my last few years of play, like playing amateur ball like, I go I know a lot of guys now like we know a lot of guys across town who have been drafted, who are playing pro ball guys. They, there's always there's the big names the Bryce Harpers, Chris Bryant's. Don't really know them, but. The smaller guys, you know, the guys um, like Ryan and well, when, who went to UNLV. Who got well, when up. Ryan and I were growing up, there was only one name, and it was Greg Maddox. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so – He had a brother, Mike. <laughs> yeah. But, Come on. Yeah, but – Mike was a lot older, though. Yeah, he played for Philadelphia, didn't he? He played for a lot of teams. Yeah, Philly, moved around. Dodgers. And I think that's just a, a you know, an, a, an expression of, like – you know, where Vegas has gone in the baseball community. And, uh, and and I think so, like for you, I think, and you, even I can see when you talk about, when you talk about your draft value, when you talk about some of your stat lines, like I think you can see, you know, and the fact that you recognize even at the high school level that you started to get a work ethic that is superior. Like everyone thinks like, you know, I kid Adam about his profession. And, you know, I don't kid, you know, Ryan, because he has a real job, you know. Wow. <laughs> and You see how I get beat up in here like that? Uh, we, that's we can't talk about. You know, yeah. I, 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 I'm, in, I'm in real estate. And so a lot of sports analogies transfer right over to sales. 
and it, and it's it's so clear like i know you it, i do the same thing like every year i'm looking at a new draft class every year i'm oh, how are we going to coach these kids up oh you know why aren't these kids coming to practice you're like and you know like we lay it out here's the system if you just get into the system you know you're going to make six figures and then they don't and they're like oh i'm slow well yeah you, you gotta you pick do, it up huh? you don't show up for practice you don't do the work ethic you don't eat right it's amazing what how easy it is to fail when you don't do the right things yeah we came we I mean we came from a program that the guys who didn't follow that plan were exposed immediately it was incredible I don't know how he did it, but he weeded it out so easily. He just, like, you kind of could easily see which guys wanted to do it, which guys didn't. And it was, like, it's kind of like a decision point. Like, it was like, am I going to ride the back of the pack or am I going to be up there with these guys? The wolf pack. Yeah, I like that analogy. Connor, so, so, Connor, don't worry. You and I are the only ones that haven't graduated from basic in the room, so. <laughs> uh. Well, and it's funny, too. They talk about their program at basic, and they played for Scott Baker. He's actually starting a younger feeder program team now. And a lot of our kids, our plan was after Cooperstown, move to move on. over to Anyway, there. well, we were going to do one more year at 13U, but now Bake is starting a 13U program. So most all of our Spartans kids are, gonna move are over. going over there to the pre-high school program. So they'll have nice. a jump on – even what these guys had. Then, now, you guys both played on the Legion team together, the Blue Sox Legion yeah. team. And was it 2016 you won the World Series, or was it 2015? 17. 17 is when you guys done that. Right. So mostly everyone on the high school team played on the Legion team? Yeah, it was kind of interesting because it was actually the, the summer after my senior year. So, like, it was kind of like, like a reunion thing. Yeah. Oh really? I, I'd already yeah. played one year college baseball. Right. And then I. I and then you were able to play, play on the Legion team. Yeah, I was young yeah. enough. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. Some stuff happened with like the summer ball team I was gonna go to. Like, I was trying to play both ways. They only wanted me to pitch. <laughs> and I, I didn't have enough innings left, so they uh, they kind of like pulled my summer ball contract, and I just went home and I was like, hey, I'll just play Legion ball. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember him because I wasn't sure if I was going to play either. And I remember him sending the text in, like, our group chat and, like, kind of, like, calling each guy out, like, David Huddleston and, like, a couple of other guys. And he was like, all right, if you guys play, like, I'll play. Mm -hmm. And everybody kind of, like, eight guys from the team before basically kind of jumped onto that new team. And it was, it was incredible. It was so much fun. It was, like... Like a rerun, I guess, if you like your favorite show. That makes sense. <laughs> That's a great analogy. I like that. That's awesome. So uh, tell me what uh, – um, oh, man, I just lost my mind. Where else did you go play during college? Um, Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Dude, my mind is going nuts. How was how was your experience playing down in, in the Cape? Yeah, it, it was kind of crazy. That was – I had been to Florida before. Mm -hmm. and that's the only East Coast I'd ever been. I'd never been, like, New York and anywhere over on the East Coast. So it was kind of my first time being in a new environment. Like, the weather was different. The Everything looked different. It was all – it was crazy. So, like, it took a little bit to get used to. I was sweating all the time. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I, I was in an attic, an attic on a futon bed. But it was the best summer <laughs> I've ever had. I met a bunch of great dudes. I got friends all over the country now, like – is one of the most fun times I've ever had playing baseball was out there in the Cape. 
and, and most of the guys that play in the Cape are getting drafted. So a lot of them are already you, – do, do you see them in the minor league circuit playing against each other, stuff like that? Yeah, I, Tommy Henry's on my team. He was on my summer ball team that year. Uh, Sam Kessler's with the Tigers, Christian Koss with the Rockies – bunch of guys from that pretty much all of them and, and if they didn't get drafted they're going to this year like, nice. like if you, you played on that team you were a stud for sure yeah jack played there the year after me same team oh for the red sox yeah nice mm-hmm. you yeah, had a good time too yeah I had, same thing. I, had, I had a blast it was it's a beautiful place up there it's really nice so it was cool to get to go there for my first time too i've never even i didn't even know what a cape like a a cape was, or like, <laughs> yeah, was like some Batman or Superman. Yeah, yeah. I was just on a bus for a couple hours outside of Boston. Speaking like a true Nevada, right? Yeah. 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 I showed up on somebody's doorstep and was like, All right, like I guess I live here for the summer. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. The awkward. Part. That's that's the probably the hardest part. Oh, are, are you serious? Is that yeah? yeah it's kind of like well, like I flew a red eye, so I got there at like six a.m. So like I'm already waking up this lady at like six in the morning. So, so these people, people sign up to have you live at their house during the right, summer league. Yeah. Right. Oh, and wow. I kind of like just show up with all my bags and like they open the door and it's kind of like, like, how you doing? Like I live here now. Like, <laughs> I to explain it. Did you have the killer mullet then? I did. I actually kind of. Probably scared her to death. Yeah. <laughs> she was probably frightened. Yeah. Summer mullets were awesome. Summer mullets. let the hair go. Yeah. Because <laughs> the only thing you do is go like you wake up either early or late, depending on what time the game is, and you just go straight to the field. And that's all, like, all you do. Like, we work those kids' camps out there, but other than that, like, you're just playing games all the time. So, like, your hair and the beards and everything get out of control. <laughs> nice. That sounds like a summer dream, doesn't it? Well, I, I had no idea you were living at people's homes. Like, they yeah. just open up their doors to all the different players. Well, he did players. that the first year in the minors, too. They live with host families. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I, I want to do it someday. I'd, I'd love to move That's to a town that has a summer program just to be a host family. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's, there's it'd be like a the, lot of fun. I still talk to, I'm very close with the host family I lived with when I was in Wisconsin. Like for my, after my freshman year that summer, I was up in Wisconsin and that family was great. Like they were so, super nice the day I showed up. And like I ended up getting really close to them and like they came to Vegas all the way from Wisconsin and watch some games and I keep up with them all the time. So it's a cool experience. Nice, nice. So is there some big uh big time players coming up in the UNLV squad right now? I mean yeah. some Yeah, Jack Thomas Wold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the great first baseman. Yeah. No, there there's definitely a lot of like we got some freshman arms that are showing some some really like really big potential. Um and a lot of guys, like we got Adarian Williams, um, he's going up to the Cape next summer or this summer if it happens. Um, he's going to play for Orleans, another team up there. But he's pretty good. Uh, we had a couple freshmen, like like I said, the third baseman, Sardina, some Juco transfers from CSN uh, that had a really good chance. Kid from Cyprus was hitting like 390. Wow. It was, it was extremely impressive. So I think we got some pretty good talent. I definitely think Southern Nevada is a hot spot for oh, yeah. baseball. So what do you think is the hardest to get drafted in, to be a pitcher or to be a hitter? I mean, you could be a, a, a lights-out pitcher or you're just smashing the ball. Which one do you think is when, – when the scouts come looking, what do you think they're looking at the most? Hitting is the hardest thing to do on earth. So I think getting drafted as a hitter would be the hardest thing to do. 
I, I think, honestly, I think it's the other way around. Because, uh, <laughs> no, I, because, because, I like it. Because I think so, because, like, when it really boils down, like, whether you're left or right-handed, like, there's so many arms. Like, there's, you know, 15 arms on every team, and there's three starters in a college rotation. So, like, yeah, but, like, you got to be, like, one of those dudes in order to get drafted, like, as a pitcher. And what, as a hitter, you know, you could start every game for 56 games. Well, I think the I think the mechanics of pitching is so much more precise than hitting. Yeah, hitting is technically the the hardest thing to do on earth. You're hitting a ball at a high velocity, but I think it we've proven that you can train that. Like if you look at the the amount of, you know, we're kidding about Bryce Hopper uh, Harper's gym, but the amount of like the between gym time, like you can't there's no like gym time remedy to make a pitcher. And, you know, I think with it, I think they've proven it that with the right coaching, you know, with the right coaching, the right mentality, you can actually make a decent hitter, you know, and you can, you know, I think the hitting coaches would come in and tell us, yeah, you know what? I can take a kid like you, Eric, who's like below average and get them to somewhere higher. But, pitching it's usually it's you know it's either there or it's not mm -hmm. and, and you know and it's not just you know it's not just passion it's the mental game in, in pitching and that you know we, we've seen that unravel how many times in in you know in this you know schedule of baseball oh yeah you know one of my favorite pages to follow on instagram is umpire hate 101 <laughs> <laughs> Dude, i watch these videos and i don't know how guys don't lose their cool like I mean, some of the calls. Some of the calls are so bad. It's so funny. And I don't know what your opinion is as being a professional pitcher, but I truly believe that we should go to put a little mic or a little earphone in the in that umpires. Still put an umpire behind the plate, but but call it by the computer and, and just and just tell him ball strike, ball strike, and just let him call it. You know, I, I mean, we got the technology now. It'll be instant. It'll speed up the game less fights at the plate and then still put an umpire there for the calls at home. But I don't, I don't know that that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. He, he, spoken like, like a video old, gamer, I mean, spoken I like still, a video I gamer, like the human element of it too. But like when you're talking about the Cape and you have to come watch it sometime, I got a game still recorded on our uh, DVR when he was in the Cape, it was against Orleans and the umpire was tight. I mean, he wasn't giving anything off the corner. Oh, you had boy. someone struck out. We thought is O2 count. Ball's right down the middle. It looked like it's right, literally right down the middle. Next mm -hmm. pitch hits a home run. It was that game that it was getting dark <laughs> off, the, oh, off, off of you. Of me. The, the game that was getting <laughs> really dark. <laughs> He's like, quick. a home run yeah. off of me? Yeah, right uh, don't he really bomb, And he just stares the umpire down as the kids run into bases. So you could see, like, that part. Yeah, if, it's, if, you, got, if you have the computerized umpire, he's out. Instead, the umpire blows the call. Next pitch is a home run. Three-run home run. But, or two run, but it's just that human element. I, I kind of like it, but as as a pitcher, it would piss me off. Oh yeah, you know you throw one right, and then we see it even at their age. You throw one right down the middle of the plate. He doesn't call it a strike. Next thing you know, you bounce one in the dirt. It's strike. It's like come on. Yeah. But well, and the, I mean, a starter only has so many pitches. Right. I'll, I'll tell, tell you that right now. Even in a professional, he's going to get up there and he's going to have so many pitches, yeah. and he's. 
putting everything he can in a pitch, and what he thinks is paint in the corners is a ball, and he's trying his best to get there, and you got Aaron Judge up there that's going to smash one down the pipe. Dude, you're not going to give him that kind of pitch. I will say so one thing. It's frustrating. Watching these games where there is the strike zone like on the TV now and you can see it, Pitchers are crybabies <laughs> a lot of the time. They want way more than they deserve. And I get like that too. Like, I'll throw a pitch and I'll be like, man, like, it's probably a ball, but you should call that a strike. Like, that he caught it. It was so good looking. Like, and then, like, the catchers, like, there's catchers who can turn balls into strikes. Like, it just kind of takes that out of it. It takes away, like, a whole, like, catchers work on that, like, religiously. They work on being able to get pitches and place like, that pitch, right? It takes, like, a whole element out of their game. And, like, totally changes them. Like, same thing with taking out the collision with the catcher. Like, it takes an element out of that game. Like, what, ca- catchers used to have to be big, strong guys to be able to mm-hmm. take a hit. But now they're, it took, that element's gone, so now you're seeing smaller, less physical catchers. The best day of softball for me was when I got to toss someone. They were charging <laughs> a plate. <laughs> Whoop! Threw them off to the side. Didn't even ball. I mean, I tagged them. But I tagged him and threw him at the same time. So, is this slow pitch? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you threw a guy down. <laughs> that could be dangerous, man. Anyways, no. Yeah, I. I can see where you know. I, I don't know. I I just always thought that we would get better calls with the technology that we have. I totally understand the history of the game. I want to keep the game. Have you as how often do you umpire? I, I I don't umpire. But it is, it, it is frustrating. I wanted to tell Jack, I coached the last two seasons of Juniors All-Stars. Managed both of those teams, and we lost in the final game to Boulder City. And I could not get by him. And the coach there, great guy. He's a friend of mine. I mean, like, super good dude. We, we never had any problems. But they had some really good players. Henderson boys. Yeah. But they had really good players on the team, and we just couldn't get by him. But there was one game we were so close, and it was calls at home. It, it was it, it was those those kind of calls that were just driving me crazy, and it was just making the game frustrating. And I just wish that we now, that obviously that's a little league level. I'm I'm not expecting that those kind of best calls on a little league level. I understand who I was working with, but at the same time, when you're putting millions of dollars into a pitcher and you're prepping a pitcher like they're doing for you. Or are they getting you ready to be a starter or maybe into a relief position? Yeah, we're working as a starter right now. Nice. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Uh, I mean, being a closer is so much fun. Like, that's – ending a game is way better than starting a game. That's all I yeah. can say. I, ca- I can't remember the closer. My favorite – pre-game baseball interview was with the New York Yankees. It was a, during a World Series, I think, early 2000, 2001, or something like that. I forgot the closer's name. And he was eating. He had a napkin with two cannolis in it. And the reporter kind of made fun of him before the game, like, hey, you're going to have to run those off. He'll shoot, I'm a closer. I'll have four more hot dogs before I'm called out to the field. And, 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 I, and that attitude, like, dude, I'm going to go out there. Yeah two innings knock these guys out and win the and, and win the game so he's chilling in the bullpen eating and having a good old time and then and then warms up and goes out there and does work man 
Connor can probably tell you about me in the bullpen in the cave. Oh, I was like a snack runner out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was just closing out in the cave, and that was the first time I had ever been just a pitcher. Like, that's I was, like, officially hung the bat up that summer. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, the plan was to get some starts maybe out there, but it ended up just, like, I got pushed into the closer role. And that's when I, like, really fell in love with being a closer because – you don't do anything for eight innings of the game. You just yeah. get to sit there, mess around in the bullpen with all the other relievers, and then go out there and pitch your inning when you know you have to. So and eat. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and like the bullpen, the bullpen camaraderie is something else too. Like a bunch of guys oh, out I there bet. who only go out there and throw one inning. You're always hanging out every game. It's I just I love being in the bullpen, and you get to eat all game. My dream job is a bullpen catcher. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I would totally. Do that. I would too. I would sit there. And you can make a lot of money doing that. It's got to be the best place on the field, easily. When I DH, I DH'd my whole freshman year. Uh-huh. I DH'd a lot this summer. I spend a ton of time in the bullpen. Like, <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah. Like if I, you know, if I was depending on, depending on where I'm hitting, like I could get out in the first inning and then like I'm just all frustrated and angry and everybody else is trying to stay composed, so I just kind of like jog down to the bullpen. Hang out with some of those guys for a little bit. Yeah. There used to be like, we actually, we actually had a dog in our bullpen a couple of times. It was our hitting <laughs> coach's dog, and I would get out and I would run down and go hang out with the dog for like an inning, and then after that like I'd the dog out because I I have like two and a half innings off before I start hitting again. Yeah. Oh, but that's awesome. There's man. usually some sort of mischief going around in the yeah. bullpen. So. So, so what, what kind of snacks, snacks would he eat, Connor? A ton of Oreo ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> Exposing uh, me. You're exposing me. They had great food the in the cave, hot too. Dogs, all kinds of stuff. Donut burger. Yeah. Hamburgers. A donut burger? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a YD specialty out there in the cave. A Cut burger? a donut in half and put a burger in it. Oh, man. Dude. Appar- so apparently, jelly donut was the favorite to go to. Oh. I never went there. I, I just it just went, sounded disgusting. I just went me. glazed in a burger. No <laughs> See, I can't do that KFC. Yeah. They, they have that, that donut. donut. Chicken sandwich? No. Oh. I haven't tried it. Is it KFC? It's a crazy kind I, I think so. It's the donut with the juice. It's, I, I, was, I wasn't all for it until I tried it, but it's pretty good. Wow. They, they didn't use buns for their hot dogs. It was bread. Oh, yeah. Just straight up a Just slice straight, of bread? Like, it, was like, it was a piece of bread fashioned like a bun, so it was round, mm-hmm. but it was bread. It was like a Cane's it, Texas toast. It was like yeah. two Cane's Oh, it sounds delicious. It was good. They got it, like, delivered every week. Because yeah. I remember we got rained out, and then we had, like, an away <laughs> stretch. And my host mom was, like, an incredible cook, and she was in charge of all of housing. So we had, like, boxes, and, I like, I mean, boxes of, and bags of just bread that they were supposed to use yeah. for this stuff. No matter where you went. Because they get it delivered fresh every time, so it's always really good. And we had to take it to each house because nobody was going to be able to use it. It would just gone bad. Best hot dogs at a ballpark wow. ever in the Cape Cod League. They were Best so ever. good. Man. We're well, going. Yeah. Man, Definitely. I need to do a trip down there just to watch some games. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like I, I got something to do in life. <laughs> yeah, right? At least something to look forward to. Yeah. Guys, this has been a great interview. Thanks so much for coming in and chatting with us. We love the stories. Uh, this is one of my favorite things. We usually try to talk sports on this show, but I will tell you that during this COVID-19, man, it's been sad, but it, it's felt really good to talk about some games and talk about the game. And some hot my dogs. My favorite game, for sure. Some hot dogs. But, yeah, we appreciate you guys coming in. Thanks for coming in, Connor. Yep. We love your insight, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and uh, uh, we hope to maybe get you back in uh, after your draft date. Right? <laughs> yeah.
got to work hard. Uh-huh. You got a good example, though. You got a good example. So we appreciate it. And we appreciate everyone that tunes into the podcast. Uh, please hit that subscribe button on iTunes and uh, leave a leave a comment. And please hit us up on Instagram or our email at stayinintroublepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, let us know what you think of the show and, and how we can improve it. And uh, we will see you later. Hasta luego. Thanks. <laughs>